0: Let's pray for them and the Sunday school teachers as they are the next church. Thank you very much, Sunday school teachers, for your help. Okay. Please turn your Bibles over to. That's not the Bible. A a child child? open the boxes for the first we do that time first is just, it's incredible no okay I think they got it yeah all right please turn your Bibles over to Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 to 20. Uh, I'm reading from the new King James version I could, I don't know why I keep putting niV there Um, Walk in Wisdom. That's the header in the New King James Version. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for another day that we're here. You've allowed us to praise you, to worship you, and be with your people. We thank you for this building that you've provided for us we thank you for our neighbors Lord God and during their day tonight father we pray now that you reduce the distractions to zero father as we study your word father prepare our hearts for your truth give us humility Lord God give me wisdom give us wisdom so that we will understand and accept whatever it is that you want us to understand and receive Father, forgive us for all of our sins. Let nothing, Lord God, about us hinder you from speaking to us, Lord God. And Father, speak through me again and bless me and guide us and teach us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, uh, if you do have a cell phone, um, please make sure they are turned off or on silent mode. Um, Because I have a very short attention span. What? (laughs) All right. Uh, Our title... Is buyer beware. Buyer beware. Now, this phrase is usually posted in in a very conspicuous place of the product uh, for the purpose to warn the consumer of the risk or dangers that could put, could potentially harm the person. Um, the other meaning is uh, in Latin. It's caveat emptor. Uh, buyer, let the buyer beware. The basic premise. The basic premise that the buyer buys at his or her own risk and therefore should examine the test and test a product themselves for obvious defects and imperfections. Buyer beware still applies even if the purchase is as is or when a defect is obvious upon reasonable inspection before purchase. Now, since implied warranties. Uh, and consumer protections have come upon legal landscape the seller is held to a higher standard of disclosure than the buyer beware have you guys have you seen that buyer beware or warning signs right um, You usually see this for me uh, I remember seeing this in, in cigarette packs right she usually says with the you know the the skull with the two bones and he says you're gonna die if you smoke this right this has been known to cause cancer, but sometimes we, we could care less, right? We could care less. We, we want to do it. We want to smoke it. We want to eat it. We want to buy it. We want to do it. Even though there are certain potential dangers that's been already said, buyer beware. Now, as we continue in our series in the book of Ephesians, we, we just read the passage um, that kind of prepares the foundation for what's about to come on verses 21 onwards, which is the marriage part and family and relationships in the family. Uh, Now, with God's wisdom, as He speaks to us through His Word, He first gave us the groundwork. That's how good God is, right? You understand? When When you read certain verses, it prepares us for the next context. So, Paul here reminds the believers in Ephesus on how they should live. Right? See, you just don't accept Christ and then go along your merry way. When you have accepted Christ, you become a new creation. And then there are new things for you to do. What do you mean new? Because the old things don't align with the Lord. Even the good things that you thought you were doing right. In in, in Tito Orly's uh, testimony, he was doing good things. He thought he was serving God. But those were not to save him. But now again, now he is now serving God because of his gratitude of God saving him. Before we serve God, especially in the Roman Catholic faith, we serve God so that we will be saved in the hopes that we will be saved. But in our faith, we serve him because of our gratitude, that because of what he has done on the cross, we are now saved and our hearts overflow with gratitude and our lives become for him. So to know that, I mean to do that, we have to know what we need to do, right? And, and God is the, that's what that's why we go verse by verse in this church. That's why we try to go topical at times to so, to emphasize a certain verse that you read, that we just studied. So tonight we're doing the same thing. Um, the three points that we have this evening are these based on the passage that we read. Life is short. The world is evil equals you have to be wise second spirit driven life and then third a thankful heart now in the first point this is the first verse that we're gonna tackle set of verses see then that you walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil therefore do not be unwise but understand what the will of the Lord is now the word circumspectly we don't usually use that right but it really means a deeper sense of being careful watching paying close attention to your surroundings now for those of you who grew up here in the States you probably don't have to look circumspectly in where you're walking toward on the way to school but for us especially me when I was growing up and every time I go to school before The grouse, because we have a lot of stray dogs, right? In the Philippines, we call them ascals, right? Asomcali for short, right? Street dogs. There's a lot of dog poop in your surroundings. So you have to circumspectly walk as you're going towards your destination. Right? Because if you're and it happened to me many times, you're having fun talking to your friend, and you're like, whoa. And then somebody stinks, and then you look, it's you. You stepped on that because you're not paying close attention. See, this is good that I brought this up. It's not pop last night.
1: Uh,
0: It's you have to pay close attention. So if you look here, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Now, not as fools. Fools are people that don't, let's just be blunt. They're stupid walk circumspectly live your lives in a smart way and not be stupid what's stupid for a Christian it's stupid for a Christian to continue to do and continue to live the way you used to live not according to God's will that's what God considers as a fool the people that continue to live their lives not according to his will now, if it could be Basil or Musk, Elon Musk, the people that we admire in the world. Those people, if they don't walk with God, they are considered as fools. Right? We might not agree. Because you respect them because of the billions of dollars that they've already made or where they are in life according to what the world says. But the Bible calls them fools. Now, us Christians, we are told to walk our lives, our lives very carefully, not as stupid people, but as wise people. And then look at that, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Are the days not evil? The days are very evil. Now, you will have a hard time trying to understand it if you have not done this. Next verse, oh, please. There you go. Romans 12, 1-2. We always say this is Jamie and Dustin's plate number. Romans 12, 1-2. Dear friends, God is good. So I beg you to offer your bodies to Him as a living sacrifice, pure and pleasing. That's the most sensible way to serve God. Don't be like the people of this world, but let God change the way you think. Then you will know how to do everything what is good and pleasing to Him. There has to be a change of mind. Amen? Ah. There has to be a change of mind. If your way of thinking is still the same as the world, you will find the Bible as stupid. The Bible is outdated. The Bible is old-fashioned. The Bible is boring. The Christian life is dumb. That's how you will see what the Bible is and how the Bible is saying it and the teachings of the Bible. If your mind has not been changed by the Holy Spirit, I know of people that could care less about God, but they they tell me that they've finished the Bible from cover to cover. And then then they'll argue with me because that's what they do. They review the Bible so that they can argue the Bible, and then they'll just live along their way, go along their way, and then live their lives. But us Christians, it's the Holy Spirit. If you have accepted Christ as your Lord, if you have accepted Christ as your Lord so that you don't spend eternity in hell, that's you. You're the believer. Yes, you're guaranteed heaven, but you are, we are instructed to live a new life now, not later. We are told to live the, the, the new life today. When you have accepted Christ, you were all convicted. We are all called to live a holy life. But there has to be a change of mind. The change of mind goes, must go with the change of heart. Proverbs 90.12 Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You now it has to be God to really reveal these things to us, to change our minds on do not be conformed to how this world should be. That's the only way we will know what God's will is for us. And then there's a change of heart, change of heart to know that the time is short. That our lives are not, tomorrow's not guaranteed for us. Is it guaranteed for you guys? Well, we act as if it's guaranteed, right? I mean, yes, we plan as if we're not going to die for the next 10 years. That should be how we should plan. But we have to live our lives as if we're not going to be here tomorrow. I know that's not how we are programmed to do it. But the Bible tells us that God, that this, the, the proverb says, teach us to number our days. Because if you know that your time is short, you will spend it wisely. Hopefully. Right? I always tell my children or some people that are close to me, uh, I always ask them, would you rather know when you're going to go, when you're going to die, or would you rather not know? And you know, it varies from person to person and what they would choose. But for me, I think it's better for me to find out when I'm going. Because mind you, if I know when when I'm going, there are many things that I will no longer do. The number one thing is to hold grudges. (laughs) I probably won't argue with Anna as much as if I know I'm dying next week. I'll be like, "Ah, you know what, I can let this go, babe. Because you know what, on the eighth day, I'm not going to be here. You have to deal with this on your own. I probably won't hold grudges against my children. If they're arguing with me, I'm like, you know what, Zoe, it's okay, dude. You know, I'm not going to be here on the eighth day. So you can do whatever you want. Okay? Right? Isn't that the truth? We're gonna let go of bad, bad uh, relationships. We're gonna let go of bad relationships. We're not gonna hold grudges, right? We're gonna spend our time wisely. Correct? A couple that Let me see. More, more, more convincing. More convincing. How about how about um, how about working too much? If you know you're gonna die in 14 days and you're scheduled to work for 14 days, who here will work for 14 days because you don't want to lose your vacation time? Or you don't wanna lose your bonus for Christmas? No, right? No, no. We don't. We we're not gonna do that. Who here will miss church? Who here will miss? Maybe, right? Some, some maybe. That's don't answer that. No, we will prioritize things real quick. The unnecessary things, the negative things, we will let go real quick. Correct? Because we know we're gonna die. So, so that's what the the author here says. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Wisdom is key for believers. Amen? Wisdom from God must be asked by the believer and it must come from God. How does it come from God? Through the Word. Through your Word. Now believer, are you reading your Word? I know, it's October. Right? In January, my next question will be, Who, or December, who has finished their Bible? From cover to cover. The believers that say, I believe in the Word of God. Have you read from Genesis to Revelation? No. Why not? Because Revelation doesn't make sense. Genesis is old. I do my daily bread. That's fine. Devotions are good. Those snippet readings are good for you. But you have to gain a heart of wisdom. And God will give you the wisdom... If you read your word, if you give him the consent, if you allow him, Lord, change me, change me, Lord God, to the person that you want me to be, a real and sincere prayer, God is not to, not going to hold back in answering that prayer. The problem is, we say the right words, we pray the right words, we read the word, but our hearts are not changed. It's really not changed. It's still hooked on that money. It's still hooked on the world's success that the world tells us. And our minds are still programmed the way the world has programmed us. So there's no growth. There's no growth. So we're walking like fools. Like, but Paul said, don't walk like fools, but as wise people. This is this is a quote. I'm using it like a quote, but it's a verse. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. This is King Solomon who wrote Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 1 to 2. The whole book of e- Ecclesiastes, uh, I should say, and Proverbs and Songs of Songs. songs of, it's just, he's so wise, but he said it's meaningless. Everything that the what he needed to know and far and beyond. He, had, he was the wisest man that ever walked. But he said it's meaningless. He had projects that no one has accomplished up to now. Nobody can, can match his, his accomplishments if you, were to make it, if you were to compare it. But he says that's meaningless. When it comes to women, the men that are very connected with Solomon here, if you think women and sex is what's going to make you as a man, Solomon has outplayed you. Seven hundred wives, three hundred concubines. But what did he say? Meaningless, meaningless. And he died at a very young age. (laughs) It's (laughs) it pays to say it after I talk about the women, right? How? And he says meaningless. All this, and he made all the money. Israel, nothing. No one can compare to. To Solomon's reign, it was the richest and most profitable time of Israel. But he said, meaningless, meaningless, everything is utterly meaningless. There has to be a renewing of our minds. We are not to conform to the world, right? But the world tells us the opposite things. Everything is the opposite of what God tells us to do. So everything in the Bible, if, if, if there has to be, you have to give it time. You have to pray to God for wisdom. Pray to God that you will not be distracted, right? But pray for a sincere, make, say a sincere prayer. That if you truly want your mind to be changed through the reading of His Word, ask Him. And I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty confident that He will give it to you. He will answer you. But be willing to give him the consent. Life is short. The world is evil. Look at what Jesus said. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold but the one who endures to the end will be saved the world is against Christianity the world is against God that's why so it's against Christianity. so most of us are very careful these days where we are they have they have given us this trick that if you say something against them you are being offensive right they, they have removed the power for argument the mob thinking or the cancel culture kind of rules everything now because they're louder, that if you say anything against their beliefs, you are a racist, bigot, stupid, old-fashioned, close-minded person. But if you are to live for God, if you are to renew your mind and renew our hearts and we are to live for God, this is what's supposed to happen to us. Most of us, Can I? I I I know you're all looking at me, but I hope you will listen to me. You will hear these words. If you will not hear anything else, listen to this. Please hear this and remember this. You are we are mostly concerned not to offend the people, but we are not careful not to offend our God. When it comes to telling the truth about what is the teachings of the Bible, we're so careful. Oh, he's gay, but you know what? I don't want to offend him. Or they're living in sin, but you know what? I don't want them to hate me. I don't want him not to love me. So we're so careful of their feelings, but we're not careful, and we could care less about what God has to say about it. Now we say, no, 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 I care about what God has to say. Sure you do, but your action, your action is what matters. Right, We worship Him with our lips, but our hearts are far away from Him. That's what Jesus said. They worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far away from me. If we are to live for God, the world is going to hate us. If the world is loving you, it's because you probably don't love God. Because you're in their team. In John 16, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you, ha- you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Life with Jesus brings trouble. Amen? I ah, know, I wish it was the other, the other way around. The trouble that comes from the world, okay, because they hate God. So every time we speak of the truth and we tell our our wife who is full of, not our wife, Is she here? Okay. We tell somebody that we love and respect because they're doing all the right things. They're doing all the right things, right? But they're not Christians. It's so difficult for us to say, you know what? This will not earn you heaven. This will not earn you heaven. It's if you surrender to God, that's what's going to earn you heaven. That's what's going to give you heaven. That's so difficult to say, especially to a person that we love and care about and respect, correct? But you know what? If we truly love God, respect God, and live for God, that should overpower this thing here. Right? I know this was, I, this was up here last week, but I want to put it up again, just in case... We need more convincing, just in case some of you did not hear it. In 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5, it reads, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scuffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred, They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. See, this is the world we live in now, correct? This was written many years ago, even before Facebook was around, (laughs) believe it or not. Even before the internet was around. The world was already evil. People were already boastful. People truly love money only. People only were, the, the people of the world were just doing all this already. So what does this mean for us Christians? For us Christians, when we're told to walk wisely, not as fools, but wisely, we are to be the opposite of the list that is in here. We are not to be part of the list that's in there. If we have been disobedient to our parents before Christ, we have to be obedient to them now. If we were boastful and proud before Christ, we are to be humble now. If we only love ourselves before, we are to love others now. If we only loved our money before, we are to love others now to the point that we could care less if we had money or not. And that we use our money for God's kingdom and to help people according to God's will. The opposite of everything that's in here. We are to be loyal to our friends. We are not to be puffed up with pride. We are not to love pleasure. It says not, they will consider nothing sacred. Sex is no longer sacred, correct? And we discussed this many well, a couple, couple Sundays ago. Those are the things that, that have been removed and, 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 and destroyed by the enemy. Life is short, the world is evil. James 4.4 4. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Is this clear? We have to love God. And if we love God, we have to be against God's enemies. Who who made us believe that we are to be a part of the world so that we can bring people to God? We are always going to be of the world, but we are not to be part of the world. This was last Sunday's message, right? We are not to yoke with them. We are not to exercise their lifestyle or our old lifestyle. We are no longer to do. Now, the question, believer, is if you're having a hard time living for God, then there's a love relationship problem. If you're having a hard time letting go of your sin and it's clearly sin, you have a love relationship with God. You don't love Him enough. Can we love God enough? No, not even that. We cannot love God enough. Even that must come from God. Because our nature is to be against God. Our nature is selfish. That's what the garden showed us, right? Right? Eve was seduced by the devil, saying, "Look at this. God doesn't want you to eat this." Focusing what they on what they don't have. There's nine hundred ninety nine thousand trees here, fruit trees, but this one tree, this one tree, this fruit you must eat of. That's what the enemy does, right? He makes us focus on the things that we don't have. We have a nice bends. But you don't have a Tesla, or vice versa. You have a nice Tesla, but you don't have a Benz. You have a beautiful wife, but you don't have a beautiful husband. (laughs) They give badin. But anyway, sorry, too much. (laughs) Sorry. Um, No, but that's what the enemy does, right? When we have to focus on God, we have to focus on the second point before I get in trouble. Second point. (laughs) Ah, uh, second point is this. Verse 18 and 19, it reads, Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. Now, before I get to that, did you guys hear Bong got married? Yeah. Bong got married and and Bong decided to party with his friends at work. And while he was partying too much, they were in a bar, right? Bong got drunk. Now Bong got drunk and then he got into a fight, into a fist fight. You know how Filipinos are, right? And they're they get into a the fight and then boom. Now his wife is the, quite the typical Filipina. You know, she's a tyrant, she's strict, right? <laughs> not you guys, not you guys. well his wife was strict and and quite you know conservative she didn't like bong drinking much more bong fighting and those are the two things bong did so bong came home around 3 o'clock but bong made sure that his wife won't hear him come home so he snuck in you know but before he went to bed he was in the bathroom he looked at his bruises you know he put band-aids on them and then he snuck in a bed didn't wake up his wife, and he thought, man, I did it, got away with it. When the morning came, he opened his eyes, and his wife was standing on top of him, and she goes, Bong, you were drunk last night, huh? And then he goes, what are you talking about, sweetheart? No, I, was, I went to work, and I came home. And then she goes, really? Then what are those band-aids on the mirror doing in the bathroom? Okay. (laughs) People explain to the other guys that they (laughs) tough crowd, man. But anyway, drunkenness, you know, in, in Ephesus during the time when Paul wrote this, it was a wine country. And they had a god there that was encouraging them to get drunk. It was the wine god. And that's what they were exercising. And some of the Christians there were still doing the same thing. And the report came back to Paul. And Paul said, don't be drunk with wine. Because remember, we, if, if you haven't gone drunk before, wine, that's what it does, it's a depressant. Alcohol is a depressant. It, it kills the, that thing in our minds, in our brain, to feel anything. It numbs it. That's why people who have big problems or are bored with their life, they drink it and it numbs them down. That's why they love drinking. The, the people that are bored, will, uh, they will no longer feel their boredom. The people that are usually at parties and they're boring when they drink, they become the opposite of that. They become giddy. They're like, let's go. But they're usually they're shy, but now they're drunk. Now they're outgoing and outspoken. The people that are usually quiet when they're drunk, they're very talkative. Right, because and then the people that are usually cowards, when they're drunk, they're warriors. They're Hercules. You know, they can take on anybody. That's what drunkenness do. That's what wine does. They're depressants, and it, it's you're not your usual self. If you did not have any self-control prior to getting drunk, when you're drunk, all the more. Right, if you have. That's why. That's why for a Christian. We're told to not get drunk, because, mind you, believer, you will not have self-control. If your struggles, if one of your struggles is, is a being a womanizer, when you're drunk, you're probably not going to be able to control yourself, but go ahead you're going to go ahead and do and fall and fall into that lifestyle again. And same with rage and everything else. It would lead you to certain things that will not be good for you. But instead be filled with the Holy Spirit now Paul he puts it in contrast instead of being drunk because being drunk is being filled with wine right you're under the influence of the alcohol now he says here instead of that be filled be in under the influence of the Holy Spirit be under the influence of the Holy Spirit now how do you do that how do you do that in a party Right? How do you do that with your life? Now, if it's not your lifestyle, you will be in trouble. For those of us who constantly fall, because we have not made God our lifestyle. God is not our lives just yet. He is just a habit on a Sunday. He's a thing to do on a Sunday, not even a habit. He's an exercise. He's a religious exercise. You reading your Bible in the morning and praying in the morning could just be a religious exercise for you. If your heart and your mind is still have not, if it's still not immersed with God, your Christianity is just a thing to do. You needed to be religious. It's time to switch. Your heart has not changed. Your mind has not been renewed now for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit it's a moment by moment it's a constant thing you need to constantly be filled with the Holy Spirit and how do you do it prayer see that's why prayer has to be a lifestyle reading the word has to be a lifestyle meditating on his word must be a lifestyle it has to be your way of life lifestyle is your way of life can't just be, oh, I'm in trouble, I need God now type of prayer. Good. Pray. When you're in trouble, pray. That's, what, that's God's way of bringing you back to Him. But do you really need to always be in trouble for you to be intimate with Him? Do you really, you want that heartache again? You want that, the, those trouble again? You want that stress again? No. there's two types of problems in life, right? The ones that we do and the ones that come to us. Now, the ones that come to us, we cannot prevent that. You're driving, you're following all, your, all the instructions, right? You're not texting for the first time, right? You're like focused and some drunk driver, a believer drunk driver, decided to be drunk with wine and, and still drive, hits you. Right? That's a problem that came to you. That wasn't your choice, but it was the other person's choice. But we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is the one that gives us wisdom to know what to do and what not to do. To know what to do and what not to do. Now look at what Jesus said here in, in, in Matthew twelve, thirty four to thirty five. Broad of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. So what is in your heart? And that's what's going to come out. And so when Paul said, Don't be drunk with wine that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit singing psalms and hymns. See, if you're in love with God, your words are always biblical. (laughs) <laughs> how are you praise God I'm good yeah how's work oh even though I walk through the valleys of the shadows of the tent I'll fear no evil <laughs> how, how's your how's your wife you know God said to be those who are given a wife is blessed <laughs> how's your husband submit to your husband sabi bad trip <laughs> right I mean, it's all biblical. Everything comes up that comes out of our hearts are what fills it. So, what are you filling your hearts with? The only these are all results. If you fill yourself with the Holy Spirit, then you will be singing psalms and hymns. The songs that you would like to sing or you listen to when you're driving or you're at work are Christian songs. Not being legalistic or anything here, but it's why not? You know, I got in trouble when. Uh, one time, I always get in trouble whenever I do it, when I want my children to listen to my music, you know, in the, in the 90s. And then I start hearing the lyrics. I'm like, oh, wait, wait, what? Turn that off. I didn't know, can you do the radio edit of that one? Little did I know that those, you know, the funny thing is those lyrics have been there forever, right? But I wasn't sensitive to them. But now, if you have the Holy Spirit, you would, how, can you say, you know, how can you sing those same songs that are as sexual innuendos or sexually explicit lyrics? How could you really say, and then say, praise God. God is good. He brought me to work safely after listening to Tupac Shakur.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, really, right? It sounds legalistic, Pastor Joe. Probably. But if you have to check your heart, because whatever you consume, it comes out. Are we always, I mean, I'm in the business, I'm in the real estate business. I'm constantly looking at the data of, of real estate, where it's going. I'm constantly thinking about how to reinvest my money so that I can continue to make money. But then is that really what fills my heart all the time? You know, I have to really find where if I'm too much of that, that's what always comes out of my mouth. I would hear myself constantly talking about money, 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 money. So there, there has to be a shift there. We have to recognize of whatever we're saying, that's what's in our heart already. So we have to be aware of it. We have to catch ourselves at least. Singing psalms and hymns. That's what we should be doing. And the last part is thankful heart, a thankful heart. It reads here by Richard J. Foster, "Our God is not made of stone." His heart is the most sensitive and tender of all. No act goes unnoticed, no matter how insignificant or small. A cup of cold water is enough to put tears in the eyes of God. God celebrates our feeble expressions of gratitude. Do you have a grateful heart? Do you you live your life walking every day saying, Lord, thank you for everything that you have done for me and given me and constantly and will continue to do so for me. Do you have that kind of grateful attitude or do you have the, the ball heart? The guy that always has something to say, the guy that always has something that's missing. Lord, you know, my life would have been better if you would have given me a nicer wife. My life would have been better, Lord God, if you have given me a more holier husband. Right? constantly constantly in complaints because the Bible says giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ now Paul tells us to walk our lives circumspectly carefully not as fools but as wise right and then he says be grateful for all things not now when I say when, when you read all things in the Bible it doesn't include the sinful things it doesn't include sinful things when there's a church division we don't say thank God <laughs> because it grieves God that's a sin division does not it's not pleasing to God amen 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 it, it's not <laughs> somebody committed adultery and there's a divorce, we don't say, praise God, thank God. No. All the sinful things are not pleasing to God. So those things we are not to be grateful for because God didn't say, be grateful for those things. God said, be grateful for all things, all the good things that He has given you. Again, there's, there must be a shift of heart and a shift of thinking. A renewal of of thinking from God and a renewal of of heart from God in order for us to see the good things that God has given us. And then the result of that, other than singing psalms and hymns toward, toward each other and alone, is being grateful. You have to look at your life now and say, Am I grateful? Am I living a grateful life? Am I grateful to God and am I living a grateful life? Colossians 2.7 reads, Rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 reads, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. If your heart is not rooted in Jesus, you cannot be thankful about all things cuz you will always be in want that's just the human nature human nature is always wanting it's never enough for us right you've known people like that right you're like you envy their life like oh my gosh you have a you have great children you have a great wife you guys have a great business going but then that wasn't enough you cheated on your husband now you're what yeah you, you get surprised right you know somebody who has a great life going with, on his, with his career, but that wasn't enough. They got into drugs and they got into partying and then they ruined their lives, right? We know people. Sometimes it could be us, right? Everything's going well, but it becomes so boring because Sunday after Sunday, we're doing the same thing and we want to get in trouble because that's what Hollywood says, right? Get in trouble so you'll, you will have a call for life because your life's boring right now. Because it's so redundant. See, if there's no renewal of heart and no renewal of mind, we will not walk this life carefully. Paul said we have to walk our lives very carefully to watch our step, to watch our surroundings because the world is evil. The world is out there to get us. The world is out there to make us Christians fall. Because once we fall, what, do, what will they say? See, you're a hypocrite. Yeah, you walk your life 10 years in a row so faithful to God, but then that one time you fell. So your God must not be real. Right? The, the, the world celebrates that. If you guys haven't noticed, and, and I, I get disappointed if we, if we get into it. If we Christians, we also magnify the fall of another believer. I, it, it hurts me. It hurts me. You know somebody very dear to me who is a public speaker, right? He, of his recent fall, many years he has served God faithfully. Many years he served God. You know, just like the news, the news, the news, um, the news, um, CNN or Fox News, they will never talk about the 1,195 successful landings of airplanes. Did you Did you hear anything? Like, Oh, the flight from Dallas. Coming back to Reno, landed successfully, around seven thirty-five p.m. Pacific Standard Time. No, we don't hear that. Well, what do we hear? The plane crashed in New York. Right? That's what we hear about. We hear about the fall. It's the same thing with our Christian walk. It's the same thing with our Christian brothers and sisters. That fall, there are ones that are famous, of course. We hear of their fall. We don't hear of their faithfulness. So, but that that has to bring gratitude to our hearts. If we have been walking with God carefully, right? If our leaders are walking with God carefully and they've debated, we have to be grateful that this church God established 15 years ago is still here despite the division that happened six years ago. We have to be grateful to God that despite the fact that you have a pastor like that guy, this guy, you're still here, Right? Right, I praise God. I'm grateful for this church for your patience with me. I've been so grateful. I, I see it as one of my greatest blessings that God has opened the eyes of the hearts of the people here that despite my imperfections, you trusted Him that I was the one called to be the pastor of this church six years ago. I cannot believe it. Like, for the life of me. Like, if I were sitting with you guys, I'd be whispering, what were you thinking? <laughs> Why do you have to listen to this guy? Right? It's, it's, it's crazy. But it's, there's gratitude. I'm grateful for the 44 years that God has kept me alive. I'm grateful for the journey that, I, that God has given me from, from my life before Christ and to my life now. I don't know what you guys think about on your birthdays, but that's what I think about on my birthday. Number one question is like, what am I still doing here? I praise God that I made it past 25. Because of all the crazy things that I was doing during my, my years. But there, there has to be a change of heart and mind. And once that happens, once it's rooted in Jesus Christ, the, the fruit of that will be gratitude. You will be grateful to God. And why should we all be grateful to God? I'll wait. You remember this one? Um, did I not have? Okay, I have Second Corinthians four four. If you have it, if you have your Bibles, go turn to them. Second Corinthians four four. It reads: I had this last week. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Why, why do I have this in the, the thankful heart uh, column it's because if before Christ you were blinded by Satan what made you accept Christ if you were blinded by Satan what made you realize your need of God I know we've been in the study of Ephesians for quite some time but here it's in remember in Ephesians 1 3 to 6 this is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure so the result so we praise God for the glorious grace he poured on us he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son Christians especially if you've been a Christian for quite some time the doctrine of election is the number one doctrine that gives us humility And with that humility brings forth gratitude that's why I embrace the doctrine of election because it's the truth if we did not have the capacity to choose God before you know because we would choose God before so that we will be blessed that's not choosing God that's using God as a genie but we are saved by grace right not by works so that no one can boast but he planned that even before the foundations of the world can you at least try to wrap your mind around that thought and if you understand it the one thing that should come out is gratitude why did he choose you what made you so special what made me so special why did he choose me to be the pastor of a church why did he choose me to be a Christian between me and my brother? My brother is a nicer guy. A nicer son. My, my mom will tell you. He's a nicer son than me. So in the world's standards, I am nothing. But God chose me to be adopted to his family so that I will enjoy kinship with him. Doesn't that bring forth gratitude in your hearts? And then knowing that we are saved by grace, not by works, the times that we have fallen, when Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, it is paid for. The sins that we committed yesterday, the sins that we committed today, the sins that we will commit tomorrow, it's all paid for. Does that, that doesn't bring gratitude from your hearts. It should bring gratitude. It should bring gratitude in our hearts. Now again, with all of that being said, that's John John's line. All that being said. Ephesians 5, 15, 20. The one that we read. I'm going to read it again. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your message for us. I thank you for your people, Lord God, and and, and their faithfulness to be here. I pray, Lord, that... Um, We're so grateful, Lord, for everything that you've done for us. We know that we are not what we are to be yet. We are not where we truly want to be for you. But we are so grateful for who we are now, Lord God, because of your faithfulness to us. We thank you for everything that you've given to us. Your patience with us. Your your grace and your mercy that is new every morning, Father. I pray, Lord God, that our hearts will continue to, to grow in, in, in humility and with in, in gratitude, and that our minds will be renewed by you, Father God, so that we will no longer be conformed with the teachings of this world, and that our hearts will no longer be trapped, Father God, by the desires of our own selfish ways, but be captured by you, Father. Father, I pray for those who are in trouble, Lord God. I pray for a rescue for them. I pray for broken relationships, Lord God. Please restore them. I pray for those who are sick physically, Lord God. Please heal them. And I pray for those lost souls, Lord, that you bring along our way, Father. I pray that you open the eyes of their hearts. And I pray for my brothers and sisters, that you will give them the boldness to share your word. And I pray, Father, that all of us will live for you and live out our faith. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all the Lord's people said, amen, amen. Let's all rise for the closing hymn. And if you have any decisions you want to make this evening, if uh, you want to accept Christ as your Lord, please come up so we can lead you into that prayer. If you have been visiting us for quite some time and you'd like to be a part of this church, please come up so we can recognize you. Or if you just need prayer, please come up so we can pray for you.
1: Guiding me by your Holy Spirit, teach me, dear Lord, to live all of my life through your eyes. I'm captured. Bye. Uh-huh.
0: Mic check. Okay, uh, praise God. Let's give the praise team a round of applause. Uh, We have Brother Anmu here, and um, he came up here not needing a prayer, not even a prayer. He just came up here because he wants to be, he wants to express his gratitude. So I'm going to let him express that to you guys so that you will know what he told me.
2: I just want to share with the church family and everybody else. uh, very grateful and thankful for all the prayers and everything else. I don't have any prayer requests. I don't have any demands or anything from the Lord or from the church family. Just come in here with a humble, grateful heart for all the prayers. The prayers have been answered and everything that the Lord has been doing for his will. And uh, I'm very, very grateful, my family and I. So we just want to thank you guys and give all the glory
0: to the Lord. Praise God. Thanks for uh... All right, let's close the prayer.
2: James 4 7 says submit yourself therefore to God resist the devil and he will flee from you amen let's bow our heads in prayer uh father God let you let let your will be done in our lives and help us to just rely on you in every aspect of it I ask that in everything we do uh, it will be discreet and with prudent and be aligned to your will Father God, thank you for your message tonight. And I pray that you touch everyone's heart and have convicted them to live a life with a purpose. To follow in your example, to be in prayer. And ask the Father to break our hearts for what breaks yours. I pray that our hearts will just be willing to be used by you, Father God. Protect us from the attack of the enemy and keep us with you, Father, as we travel home. And I pray that uh, our walk with you uh, the whole week and have our focus on you because you have a plan for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. It's, uh, you know, I forgot one announcement since last week. The Lord has healed the Kelly family from COVID. So let's give them a round of applause. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for your patience. Um, I think am I forgetting anything else? Oh, that's right. Okay, ladies, please stay. You uh, you have a practice for the church anniversary. And then, church members, next week, our brother Vince will give his decision on the nomination for a deaconship. So I don't know if it's a yes or no, but he said he'll give it next week. So, praise God. This is not the last week.
1: We sing to the god who heals we sing to the god who saves we sing to the god who always makes the way because he hung up on that cross then he rose up from that grave my god